Welcome to Love Uncensored, the modern guide to dating and relationships. I'm your host, Nicole Colantoni, a dating and relationship coach. And each week, along with special guests who aren't afraid to speak their minds, we challenge norms and expectations in love and relationships. From childhood trauma to sex, we explore the uncomfortable and unspoken, providing valuable insight and actionable advice for building healthier relationships. Join us for candid conversations about all things love, whether you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between. I mean, when you're younger and you are told, especially from a baby boomer's mentality, you know, you need to go to uni, you need to get a job, you need to make money, you need to do the the steps in life that tick tick the boxes. Exactly. As you get older, you're like, hang on, I'm 30. I haven't achieved anything that I thought I was meant to. And so that idea of success for me isn't about money, isn't about things. And it's not about what I have more or less of, like, against someone else that for me has changed I stopped kind of I used to compare myself from a like a success level or rate to someone else like oh my god my friend bought a house oh my where what about me and I'm like no that doesn't equal success because she bought a house like I'm doing other things in my life that she's not doing and it's not still not a comparison but everyone's different everyone's timeline is different exactly and yeah and especially as we do get older or we're moving through a different society Having babies at a certain age is different or getting married or having all these different things are, you know, it's a different timeline. Everyone's different for a reason. So this week, I'm excited to bring you a conversation with the ultimate multi-hyphenate, Chef Lucy Rosenberg, also known as Style by Lucy. We talked about everything from Lucy's mouth-watering creations, her flair for fashion and her roots in the family business, Winner Shoes. During our conversation, Lucy and I explored some of the secrets to finding your true self, navigating the Sydney dating scene and unleashing your inner boss babe. We touched on hot topics like open relationships, sexual orientation-based discrimination and the incredible power of self-love, as well as the importance of pursuing your passions and living authentically. Trust me when I say you won't want to miss this hilarious yarn with the unstoppable Lucy who refuses to be put in a box. Before we get into it though, I wanted to share a recent review written by Melissa. She says, this is a great podcast that weaves psychology and psychological concepts into dating and life in general. It helps explain so much. I love the guests and solo episodes, maybe even the solo apps a bit more as I always learn so much. Melissa, thank you so much for your kind words. Please DM me your address so I can send you a token of my gratitude. But for now, let's get back to the app. Lucy, welcome to Love Uncensored, the modern guide to dating and relationships. Thank you for having me. All right, let's start from the beginning. What was your upbringing like and how has it shaped you? Um, I actually had a very good upbringing in the sense that I had a great family connection, grew up in a Jewish household, you know, very close to all my relatives and every Friday night we had Shabbat. But there's always something that, you know, everyone's got childhood trauma. Um, and my parents got divorced when I was seven. And so I that only I only realized like later in my early twenties that really hit me hard. Still dealing with it in certain aspects of my life. But other than that, I like was very fortunate in everything I did. But, you know, I felt like I was very much the black sheep of the family as well. Which, which is it's a blessing. Yeah, I was gonna say, which now I'm in hindsight, I'm like, thank can we swear. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> didn't ask you that. Absolutely. Yeah. I was like, thanks fuck for that because like that's who made that's made me who I am today, which I'm very very thankful for. One hundred percent. I I like know so many people who are actually my closest friends who are the black sheep of the family, and it's only paid off later in life. Yeah. But you don't know that when you're young. <laughs> no, no. Nah. And you do feel isolated, and there are you know things you think about like why am I different or am I different and is different good or bad like that idea of even good and bad and growing up as a millennial so with you know using baby boomers as our parents the way in which kids are being brought up today with that kind of mentality that good is good and bad there's no such thing as good and bad that didn't really exist so for us as kids there were that black and white good and bad absolutely so yeah now I'm like no, nah, I'm weird. I'm different. Cool. A hundred percent. So you're relatively new to Sydney. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> what was the catalyst for the change? My ex. <laughs> no way. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I moved. Well, look, I, I always say there was three reasons why I moved. One, I was craving change. I have done Melbourne. I've done the food scene. I've done the party, the nightlife. I've lived in every area of Melbourne that you can like you can you can live in. And I was ready for that change, that sea change more specifically. Like I I was seeing my ex for two and a half years before I moved. And so I was coming up to Sydney every second weekend. And No way. Yeah. And she lived in Bondi. So I was like, oh, my God, you get the beach, you get the nightlife, you get the city. I was like, this is so cool. So I kind of fell in love with the city through that. But I made the decision during – I was actually during the pandemic – Love that for you. Great timing. Actually, but... It was the perfect Yeah, it was 100%. Like, it was like a week before stage four lockdown in Melbourne. So I was like, I'm out. Like, <laughs> nah. And I got stuck living at my mum's house by accident because of the like the pandemic. And like, I, so I was like, I can't do this anymore. Everything fell into place the way it was meant to. But I moved all my ex and we both decided, yep, let's do this. And two weeks before I moved, we broke up. No. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone's like, are you still going to move? And I was like, 100%. Like, I want this change now for myself, which is probably better. And it forced me also to make all new friends in Sydney, make my own life, not living by through hers. So that was, yeah, it was a blessing in disguise. But at the time, like, you're like, oh, my God. What's happening? (laughs) Like, I moved states in a pandemic, had to, like, isolate through another breakup, like, through a breakup. Yeah, it was like... You had to quarantine with a broken heart? Yeah. No. But it was actually fun because I, I was four days before the hotel lockdown oh, of quarantining. Right. So I got to quarantine in my home. Oh, that's not so bad. So I was like, oh my God, there's lorikeets and there's palm trees. <laughs> <laughs> but what was it? Was it the reality of like, oh, we're actually going to be together 24-7 now that like made it end? Uh, I mean, there was a few things as why it ended like it was always going to it we had a very toxic love yeah Um, one of those I'm familiar (laughs) yeah like we were addicted to each other yes that is how I describe my toxic acts like an addiction it is it is and the highs are the highs and the lows are the lowest like 100% and I think it just reached that point of something that happened that it just broke us and you know it's obviously for the better yeah but yeah it was can only last so long exactly Exactly. And I actually, the worst part about it was, well, not the worst part, the funniest part was that I moved into an apartment literally the block over from her house. (laughs) That happened with me and an ex as well. Oh, my God. Wait, from Sydney? Yes. 
you, was where like, we were living across the road from one another. Oh and I, like, God. basically, this was actually while we were dating. And when we broke up, I was like, I have to move. <laughs> oh, see, it's good whilst you're dating. It's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you're like, shit, what happens when you break up? Yeah. 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 Well, I moved. Oh, well, that- <laughs> I didn't. She did. <laughs> they, someone has to move. Yeah. 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 I was yeah. like, I, yeah, no, nah, I wasn't. <laughs> so how has it been in Sydney for you? Do you love this city? Yeah, I do. Look, I, there's there's pros and cons to every city. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely loved the lifestyle that Sydney brings. And, you know, you can't, really can't go past the coastal like, yeah. views. It looks like your career has really taken off recently. Congratulations, Major. Thank you. I don't know if it's taken off, but it's going somewhere. <laughs> it, definitely, definitely. How would you describe what you do? <laughs> I actually really struggled this question because I had for so long, for seven years, I was a footwear designer. I had that regimen, like I had that structure, the title, you know, footwear designer, product designer. Now, because it's like such a, like being, creating content, but then doing like, I'm in the food industry. I don't know how to put it because I'm not a foodie. I love food. We need to come up with your elevator pitch in this episode. (laughs) Yeah, no, seriously. Like I'm still trying to figure out what my title is because- I don't want to call myself a food influencer. Yes, I have influence through food of food to other people who follow me, but I don't I wouldn't call myself that because I'm still learning. I'm still influenced by other people. I'm still like trying to navigate. I love that. <laughs> I <laughs> wish everyone was that humble. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. it's I think it's like we're always still learning, right? If you're not Absolutely. learning, you're not like growing or evolving. Absolutely. And that's also part of like what I'm loving about completely changing careers at 32 is holy shit, I get to be a sponge again. I get to learn new things. Like doing something for so long of this, like I literally could do my last job with my eyes closed that it, I felt stagnant. I didn't feel like I was personally growing whilst I was still changing. I changed states. I changed houses. I had new friends. You know, all of this was exciting and new. And I felt like I was growing in those areas of my life, but doing the same thing for seven years and you just, I felt very stagnant. So wait, let's set some oh, context here. Yeah, so how <laughs> did you get into shoe designing? So my family own um, Whitner. Yeah. So my Amazing. family, so my family are in the shoe business. Yeah. Um, and we have for the over 110 years. My great, great grandfather started it in 1912. I was never actually, I never really wanted to be, be in the family business. I thought it was like in my mind, I always felt like it was a cop out or it was the easy route. There's that um, black sheep in you. Yeah. But also that is such like a an obstacle that you sort of like made for yourself because Absolutely. it's not a cop out. Like no. what a privilege, you know, like how exciting is that that you get to learn from the best? Well, that's that's what I changed my perspective with yeah. like because that's how I saw it. And once I like changed my perspective on that and said, actually, no, this is fucking cool. Like it is a privilege and it's an honour yeah. to be working with my grandfather every day you know, learning from him, learning from my mum, who's an incredible, incredible businesswoman, that's a privilege. I don't, not many people get that. So that's why when I changed my perspective on that, I actually really lent into it and enjoyed myself. But I, why it was like the obvious for me to go into that was because I studied fashion at university. That was always my plan. Fashion, cre- I'm a very creative person. So, but that's the, the route I chose. And it was like, that's it. That's what you're going to do. So I did. <laughs> and then you got bored. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, I got bored, but also working for a family business, there are a lot of pressures and it, you are treated a lot differently to everyone else. 
I feel like my family would be in therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we were. (laughs) We were. But it wasn't even with the family members. That I got along with. That was the easy part. It was more about the other people who it's a very – there were politics. That's oh, what I'm politics. hearing. Yeah. yeah. It's a, yeah. But that's so interesting. They're working for a family business and then they're like judging you for it. It's like, what do you think this is? <laughs> totally, totally. And people just, I think they want to show their position and power of, you know, who, why, like who, where they are in the business and, you know, you're here still under me or whatever it is. And ego. Ego, exactly. That's um, a lot to deal with, particularly when you're young. It was. And it was. And it only just recently, like I've seen a healer at the start of the year. You're to, healing. <laughs> I'm healing. Yeah. And I didn't realize what I was holding on from that experience. And when I saw that healer, she immediately said to me, these like, you've, she goes, you're going through a transition. I didn't tell her anything. And she goes, you're going through a transition. We're going to let go of a lot of shame and guilt. And I'm like, oh my God, that's what I'm feeling. I feel so seen. Yeah, I feel seen. I'm like, oh, how does she know? But I mean, that's why. Who is this healer? Let's put her in the show notes. She sounds amazing. She she is really good. And it was, I also felt it was exactly something I needed at that time. Like we did this whole, you know, letting go, I want to say ceremony, but it kind of was, um, which made me feel a lot lighter as soon as I walked out, um, which was great. Amazing. Yeah. And since then, every, like, you know, I always say when one door opens, six more, when one door closes, six more open. (laughs) Love that. Love that. Okay. So you were in the fashion world, but you also went off on your own, right? Yeah. So when I moved, so everything in my life, since I was six years old, I've always loved food. I would, when kids were watching, I don't know, Rugrats, I was watching the food channel. Like I would watch the food channel going to sleep every night, like obsessed. Like Jamie Oliver is like my, like that's who made me love food. I loved his accessibility and relatability. And I was just like, I can make that. I can do that. And I loved the idea that food brings people together. Like, the, and being grown up in a Jewish household, that's our social currency. Everything we did, we ate. <laughs> food is my love language. So that's totally my love relate. language. And it brings everyone together. It yeah, brings like, people together. That's yeah. what I, it's a Shared universal. Love. Yeah. Like, universal language a hundred percent that's such a good way to put it yeah and so I always loved it so even in my fashion in my degree my final year collection my whole thesis and collection was based on the idea of food and fashion and I was like I like I didn't even realize it then it was right in front of you all along yeah and I'm like, this is a new concept (laughs) yeah and like I mean this was just when I mean I graduated uni when like iPhones had just come out. So it wasn't, wow. technology wasn't a massive thing, but I was so like curious about the way that we, in which we like fetishized food on social media, but it was just, social media was just a new thing. And I was just so fascinated how we were all involved and loved food. And that's when I was like, this is that universal language. I love this. And that was what my thesis was on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I, I did, uh, Uh, footwear design, did that for seven years. And then when I moved to Sydney, I was still doing that because of COVID, we could all work remotely. But in that time, I realized because I was reintroduced as a new person to all these new people, they didn't know, they didn't see me only as fashion. And so I got this opportunity, which I didn't even realize I wanted or was meant to be in as a foodie or as someone who can cook, someone who can cater. And I just did my friend's, um, my actually my housemate's birthday grazing table. And everyone was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. I was like, can't everyone do this? I was like, what? And so a few people who were at the birthday were like, can you do our Christmas party? Can you do our Christmas party? Like this, that, can you do this event? 
I was like, guys, I have a full-time job. Like this is not like I don't know if I can do this. Happened organically. I was like, yeah, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do it and just wing it, fake it till you make it. And I did these events and I was like, next minute I'm catering Christopher Esber's Christmas party on a boat. Like one woman show doing like a six-course meal, great breakfast grazing table, canapes. And I'm just like, how am I doing? Like whilst, I shouldn't say this, but like whilst on the other side of the boat, like doing my emails of like <laughs> <laughs> my other job. Hustling. You were fully hustling. hustling. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And then, yeah, just happened organically. And then just recently decided only like four months ago, you know what, I'm going to follow my passion. Like what anything COVID has taught anyone is like, if you are, you can, and you do have the opportunity, take it and like do what you want in life. Like don't make your job. If you can do this, not everyone has that Well, that's leading into my next question because a lot of women write to me saying that they don't know what they want to do with their life, you know, and they feel like a failure because of it. So what advice do you have for women who haven't figured it out yet? I think just you've got to try everything. You can't know you don't want to do something unless you don't try it. Process of elimination. Exactly. Exactly. I've had like 40 careers (laughs) and I'm 33. (laughs) But exactly. And you only know until you tried it. And I know that's so cliche and it's like, well, I don't have the time to try. People always say that. But I was like you. After work, I would just switch on a different hat and I would be hustling until I go to bed and I was doing the same on the weekends. Like you make the time if you do have that like exactly. desperation to figure out what it looks like, you yeah. know? Yeah. And that's what I think it's about is like trial and error. Yeah. Like not everything's meant to work for you. Not You're not meant to be everything and mm-hmm. you're not meant to like, you know, even my sister sometimes always said, Lucy, you always th- you've got so many talents. I've got nothing. And my mum used to say to her, well, you're a people person. You know, she's now made that, but she found, she actually found her love by just her general hobby of like exercise. And then she got into exercise and the nutritional world and things like that. But like she, as a young kid, you're like, I don't have talents, but there's, they're so they're seen so as black and white, like, oh, you can draw, you can sing, you can dance. You can be like, a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. Like there's like the set categories and nothing else falls out of that. Exactly. But there are so many other a hundred gray areas that people, especially in this day and age, we've we have the privilege of making anything a career. Especially what social media has done for everyone. Yeah. And I think like play it well. Like yeah. play the game. Dabble. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Okay. <laughs> so you're not an influencer, but you do have an influence and you have a following. You've got two accounts, Style yes. by Lucy and then your food account, right? Yeah. Yeah. Are we still pursuing Style by Lucy? I mean, that's at the, you know, in the back of my mind at the moment. It's not, that's, it was never, I never joined Instagram to be like, oh, I'm going to be an influencer, blah, blah, blah. I was watching a lot of my friends who are a lot younger have this as their sole job and sole income. And I was like, hang on a second. They curated this whole amazing life that basically they don't have the nine to five. That looks very appealing. You know, appealing, <laughs> exactly. And I was like, they're just basically playing the game smart. I basically looked at that and I was like, I want to do that. But I never wanted to do that with food, by, uh, sorry, style by Lucy. That was just meant for me to be my outrageous self, a 1% of my life. I never really post friends and things like that because I don't want people to see into my life like that sometimes. Like I do, surprisingly, even though I show so much of my life. I do like to hold things to myself. Yeah. You uh, want an element of privacy. Yeah. Yeah. And also, best thing about social media, it's like a curation of the 
per, like person you want to be seen as. So like that's why a lot of think people like don't look at Instagram and see like you know be jealous or envious of someone else's life. I actually have never looked at someone else's Instagram and go, oh, I don't have that because I know that that's their highlight reel. Exactly, it's one percent of our life. Yeah, and ne- I always never take it as like that's their be and all and end all, which like- is such a healthy way to approach it. I feel like a lot of people get caught in the rabbit hole of comparing, and you know, totally. And that's when you get depressed. (laughs) Totally. And like, but like, you know, people like, oh, you got to do a social media break. And I was like, I don't Detox. Yeah. But I don't feel like, look, each to their own. If that helps you, great. But I don't need that. Actually, social media is now my work. I need so I need to be working. And like, that's where my money's at. Like, but I don't actually feel the only thing why I would do that was be would be that I then wouldn't be I'd be more present in my life. That's the only thing. Because you are attached to your phone. But I don't see it as like my mental health. I need to detox. But that's just because I'm quite secure in my own self. Or if I'm looking at someone and I go, oh, they have that or they're really pretty or whatever it is that I'm looking at, I go, hang on, I check in with myself and I go, that's my insecurities. What am I not feeling or where am I feeling lesser than? And let's work on that. Let's heal that. And I think you're rare (laughs) to be able to do. I really do because not everyone has that same toolkit or mindset when it comes to social media you know so they see somebody doing something that they love that they don't think is attainable for them and then they feel like they're lacking something and it's important to remind you that yourself that it's just the highlight reel that they're showing that's one percent of their life and the other 99 percent they're dealing with that bin like the rest of us you know but it's so easy to convince yourself that that's there every day you know or to start questioning yourself why don't I look like that you know, so it's about reaching a place where you do feel secure and you don't need that external sort of like validation. Yeah. I was going to say once you're secure in your own self yeah, and like no one is, when you're secure in your own self, doesn't mean that you feel uh, amazing 24 seven. That's not the point. God, no. (laughs) No. And like, it's not, I actually heard a great quote, self-love isn't about loving yourself, but it's about just loving yourself. Mm. It's not about, I love myself, but and, and even though I have love handles, like, no, 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 you've already added a negative to mm-hmm. a positive. It's like... It's full acceptance. It's full acceptance that it's not even like some days you have good days, some days you have shit days. But when you are self-aware and you can do that in a work, you, do the, you don't then project your insecurities. And you can actually, and if you do, you can see it. Yeah, you, you can, can check in with yourself. You can see what's going on. Oh, that's my insecurities talking right now. Yeah. It's not actually me and who I am and what I believe about myself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So have you ever felt pressure to look or act a certain way online? Um, yes, but not in a way that in which I'm not acting myself. I actually feel pressure to tone it down. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So Please don't tone it down. Well, to a degree because – you know, and I've always had the mentality, well, if no one likes it, like actually posted a quote, not recently, but like quite a few times is that if you don't like what I do and you still watch what I do, bitch, you're a fan. <laughs> like I've always had that mentality. Love that. But I think getting older, you do start to realize that not everyone needs to know everything. Not everyone needs to see everything. And it's not about taking yourself seriously because I think a lot of even what I've posted, whether it's like not explicit content, but it would maybe be provocative to some people. And again, that's my choice. That's my body. I get to do what I want with whatever I choose. That's your shit if you can't, don't like it. But I think it's not even about respect, but it's about respect to yourself. And I think especially, you know, 
oh, it's I, I go in two minds about this because I'm like, you know, finding love and will someone respect you? But then I'm like, well, they're not my person if they don't, they see this as something that's bad. But I think it's just, I like to, again, now start to hold things more closely to myself and be an element of surprise to a degree. Like a lot of people, when they meet me, they're like, one, they're like, oh my God, you're so much shorter in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but also two, they're like, oh my God, you're actually really funny. And like, you're a dork. Like, I don't show that side of me because I don't need to, I think it's also, I don't need to prove to anyone else but myself who I am. A hundred percent. I'm not trying to put out this like, oh my God, I'm so funny. Like someone once told me like, if you it, don't tell someone you're funny, tell them a joke. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's like, I don't need to prove to anyone who I am. But I think just naturally in my life, I've become a li- little bit more, no, I'm not going to use the word conservative, but. Reserved. Uh, reserved. Yeah. Reserved. But I do feel like you channel all of that energy into your food posts now because exactly. your food posts are sexy. <laughs> I don't know how you make food sexy, but you manage to do it. food is sexy. Yeah. I mean, it's the biggest turn on in my life. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> it, it is. Like, I was like, should we talk, eat in front of these microphones? Yeah. <laughs> food um, is hot. Food, food is hot. Like, food, I actually like. Food See, porn. Food porn, exactly. Yeah, like your I, page is food porn. I love that. I, yeah. I'm hashtag thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that. I do love that. But that's what I am trying to lean into. Like I'm still, I am, when I say, like at least I know myself, but I am sexy. I have that sex appeal. I know I carry that with me because I am confident in who I am. That's it. There is nothing sexier. Than confidence. In who you are, like yeah. not trying to channel someone else's vibe, but your vibe yeah. and like owning that. I always say, the, and it's nothing about weight, size or anything, but, you know, this whole stigma and what society has made out to be, you know, what beautiful is. But I always say, someone always asks me, what's your best fashion advice? And I'm like, confidence. The, Love that. The biggest girl could walk in the room and she's got confidence and she's the most sexiest fashionable person in the room. A hundred percent. I've always said that. A hundred percent. And like, you know, the most, the most like Adriana Lima could walk into the room with no confidence and I wouldn't even look twice at her. Often some of the most beautiful women I see lack that confidence and I'm like, that's such a shame because yeah. you are just not giving off your beauty. Like, yeah. you know, you're like hiding behind it. Yeah. And I think even surface beauty can last for so long. But that inner beauty really like always will shine through. Personality. Personality. Yeah. Energy. Energy speaks very loudly. Okay. Do you enjoy being your own boss? Oh, 100%. 100%. I've said for about like, I don't even know, God, a long time. I'm like, I always want to create the life that I want. Being your own, and being that I was in a family business as well with all of that pressure and all of the the politics. Politics. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, It was uh, having uh, multiple bosses with that politics. It was, I felt very restricted in a lot of areas of my life, but also for the person I was becoming. Being your own boss, you get to choose everything. Like, it, it, I'm like, not everyone has that fortunate opportunity to be their own boss, but like, highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Like, the only thing is that you don't get paid on sick days. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. Okay, so what does success look like to you? This is a tough one because success for me doesn't mean money or, you know, the things you have whilst because you'll always want more once you receive that. So are you ever then successful if it's so true. Yeah. Like you can buy all the clothes in the world and then all of a sudden there'll be a new line from your favorite designer and you want that. Exactly. So you can't chase that. No. And that's what society's made us to believe. So like the iPhones, right? We always want the next new thing because they've told us that and like it's going to come out and it's better. 
we're programmed to think that. Mm-hmm. So Creating I don't think, needs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, kind of consumerism and the way Capitalism. in which. Yeah. And also how the world kind of needs to work in a way, but not to the degree that we're all doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit excessive. Um, but success for me would probably be, oh, it's a really tough one, like contentment in myself and being proud of myself in a degree, like in a way, like if I've, I think it's like when I've achieved something or done something that I didn't think I could do. So it's like overcoming bravery in a way, then I'm proud of myself and I feel like I'm still successful. Yeah. And when my mum tells me I'm, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you need to be constantly learning and evolving and you also need to like carve out your own path. Yeah. That's the Sagittarius in me. Yeah. (laughs) So true. Yeah. I'm a fellow fire sign, so I get it. Yeah. Okay, has your definition or version of success changed over time? 100%. How so? I mean, when you're younger and you are told, especially from a baby boomer's mentality, you know, you need to go to uni, you need to get a job, you need to make money, you need to do the the steps in life that tick tick the boxes. Exactly. As you get older, you're like, hang on, I'm 30. I haven't achieved anything that I thought I was meant to. And so that idea of success for me isn't about money, isn't about things. And it's not about what I have more or less of like against someone else. That for me has changed. I stopped kind of, I used to compare myself from a like a success level or rate to someone else. Like, oh my God, my friend bought a house. Oh my, where, what about me? And I'm like, no, that doesn't equal success because she bought a house. Like I'm doing other things in my life that she's not doing. And it's not still not a comparison, but we're, everyone's different. Everyone's timeline is different. Exactly. And yeah, and especially as we do get older or we're moving through a different society, having babies at a certain age is different or getting married or having all these different things are, you know, it's a different timeline. Everyone's different for a reason. And some people are having babies and not getting married. So, you know, like we have the power to choose what sort of lifestyle serves us now, which I love more than anything. Yeah, I know. Trying to convince your grandma of that is different. (laughs) But she gets it. (laughs) She's accepting. Yeah, she's accepting. (laughs) Okay, let's talk relationships. (laughs) The juicy part. What is your current relationship status? I am single. I'm so single. Uh, Yeah, I'm very. Loving it? Loving it. Absolutely loving it. Why? I think because right now I'm prioritizing and focusing on my career and I wouldn't say self in the, like, yes, that comes with self, but because my soul, I want my soul energy and, and focus to be my career. I don't, and when I say I don't have time for someone else, I don't have the capacity to give someone else what they probably need. Therefore, I'm not indulging in that. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's important to be honest about that. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I'm also a person to believe it'll happen when it's meant to happen. Yes, I've been on dates recently, but it's also just to know that, oh, are there people out there? (laughs) Like, also, like, you know, it's fun. Um, Yeah, do you enjoy dating? Sometimes. Like, it's nerve-wracking, you know, like introducing yourself to this, like, as a blank canvas. and you. But then again, you get to choose what you want to be. If they don't know you or don't follow you on social media, that's the other downfall. They have Some people already have a preconceived idea. A hundred percent. And then they're like, that was actually something that happened with my ex. She had been following me for two years and um, she had this preconceived idea of me and because I wasn't that, she was often let down and therefore I actually said to her a few times, do you love me or do you love the idea of me? Yeah, which is a big one and I often feel like people fall in love with the idea of people. Yeah. You get that from the apps as well because you're just going off a photo. So if they want like some like 
cute little blondes and then they meet you and you're like really <laughs> assertive and opinionated and running your own business and it's like oh no you're not an accessory you're actually like a full exactly. package exactly. whoops <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that yeah <laughs> no exactly and that's like I, I especially because I, with the apps it's a very surface superficial mm-hmm. experience I'm not what I'm into is not that I fall in love with people so I feel like the apps and I'm on all the apps, don't get me wrong, but it's also like a fun, like kind of, ju- you know, gratification moment. Like, totally. oh, I got liked. Yes, I'm still hot. Cool. Yeah. Still on my day. <laughs> I've still got it. I've still got it, but I don't want you, but I still got it. <laughs> I And I used to do that when I was in the phase that you're currently in, when I was like, I'm single, I'm not really looking, but I want to know that I still got it. So I would like log into Hinge and see the guys who had like swipes on my profile. I'm like, yeah, okay. Not going to meet up with you, but good to know I've still got it. Yeah, that's like, yeah, it is, which is a really probably selfish thing, but also they're probably doing the same thing. Uh-huh. 100% window yeah. shopping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite app? Oh. Do you have a favorite? I know. I don't think I have a favorite app. I yeah. think like I'm on Raya Hinge. That's really the only two I'm on. Um, is Raya filled with hot people? It is, but it's, it's being an Australian on it. It's quite, it's all, over, it's all LA people basically. Yeah. It's all around the world, but like predominantly used in America. Um, Why aren't you on Bumble? Uh, I think, well, because I'm into girls, um, I still don't get the concept that girls need to talk. No, is it guys that need to talk? No, girls need to make the first move. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't think there should be a gender role specific like, oh, this gender needs to talk first. Like whoever wants to talk first, talk first. What happens with the girls? I've actually never tried. I think I got Bumble, but (laughs) it's- Which girl (laughs) makes the first move? Seriously. No, like what, what do they do in that situation? I don't know. I have I don't know like that's actually a question because I haven't tried it but I think I did get Bumble for like a week but then I like having all the apps it was just like it's it's too much it's a full-time job yeah yeah they say on average people spend 10 to 12 hours a week swiping but if you're really committed to finding your person I reckon it's way more than that particularly when you've you're got a number of people you're chatting to well I think I think it's I'm actually like pro apps if you want to do that. Like I'm not even like, you know, it's not for me because of you shouldn't do it. Like I've got friends who have many friends who have had success with apps. Same. And and I think it's amazing. Like we live in a social media online society, like world right now. Why is dating any different? I don't see it any different. Like, you know, people go, go to somewhere that you like, so then you'll find a like-minded person. But some people... You know, we say that to a 30 year old who all their friends are married with kids and they're not going out on the weekends anymore, or they've got a hectic job and they're in bed by 9 p.m. during the week. Like it's, it's difficult. It is difficult. And And people don't really, um, approach anymore. No. And I think also being, finding someone an app, the stigma of that has like kind of died down. Oh yeah. I don't think there's a stigma anymore. I'm like, I'm like, I'm on like my fifth wedding. (laughs) I actually see see that as like, oh, yes, there's hope for me. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I should go on. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. What advice do you have for women who struggle with their single status? Uh, I never tell people to do anything in that I shouldn't, I'm not, never one to tell you how to be, but like do some inner healing of your self-work. Like if you'd struggle with being single, then you're not okay with being by yourself. I agree. And that for me is like one a red flag because you're so dependent on someone else's someone else to make like give you happiness and you'll never be happy because the moment that they leave or whatever happens you're 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 broken you're lost you don't know who you are but i always say that like 
as long as like as soon as you are the happiest version of yourself or happy within yourself, your partner or whoever you you attract that. That it's will come so to true. you. So do the inner work, do the healing, do the self work, whatever needs to be done. Keep working on yourself and being single won't even like you won't blink an eye on that it's so true and like my partner moved in and now that we live together he spends most nights playing golf like (laughs) we still don't spend that much time together and we live together because we have our own lives and I'm like working or having dinner with friends it's a healthy balance like we do not rely on each other whatsoever that's important yeah I always say that like once you're a partner should be a bonus to your happiness yes you should complement one another not like complete each other exactly yeah. So, yeah, keep working on yourself. <laughs> so, it's my understanding that you're sapiosexual. Is that correct? Pansexual. Oh my god! <laughs> I was like, I don't this know. is this is. Per- <laughs> I'm no, I'm sapiosexual. <laughs> I was like, this is good though because I mixed it up with bisexual. So I feel like we need to define some terms yes. here. Look. I don't know, or like you say, sapiosexual. I actually don't know what that is. It's when you're attracted to the minds. That's right. Um. I'm not a, by any means a like expert on the terms. <laughs> I just only know what from my experience and being a part of the community and what I like do I know that's it. But I'm pansexual. I do also resonate with the word gay but not lesbian. So Talk me through this. Yeah. So, I mean, in this day and age, everyone gets to choose and gets to say what they are, you know, whether it's non-binary, like – gender fluid, whatever that is, there are so many more subterms now. Mm-hmm. And I love that because it's what you feel that you truly resonate with, what you feel the most that you are your authentic self. And for me, like whilst to the, you know, some people I just say, oh yeah, I'm a lesbian because that's easy. I'm not going to go into this whole conversation with them on the street. But for me, I actually resonate with gay, like that fabulous flamboyant self is the term for me gay. And whilst, yes, I do like the same sex, that falls under that category. But I do still sleep with guys. My mom's going to hear this. This will be. I do still sleep with guys, but I only, I don't date them. I don't feel the emotional connection with them. As Interesting. A, yeah. Really? Have yeah. you ever had a long-term relationship with a guy? I had a boyfriend. Well, I was seeing a guy for before. This was my first relationship ever was like for four months, but it was very intense very quickly. Um, and that was my first relationship ever. That was like the age of 22, I think. Um, and then we ended after four months. And for 10 months, I was heartbroken because it was the first thing I've ever felt love for and reciprocated. So I was really, really heartbroken, didn't know how to navigate that. 10 months later, met a girl and I started getting butterflies. Like when I was speaking to her and I was like, oh my God, what is this? She was She's actually known as being gay or outwardly gay and like quite like, you know, we call it a lesbian. She was very much a lesbian in the community. Um, What's a lesbian? Like a celebrity lesbian. Oh, my God. Yeah, okay. There's actually T-shirts made for them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she, everyone knew that she was like a lesbian. I did too. But then when I met her, I, I like I didn't consider myself, oh, my God, I'm gay. This is it. Like I just was checking in with myself and I was like, wait, she's flirting with me. I'm starting to feel things. I'll just roll with it. I've got no stigma towards anything. I can always be whoever I want to be. I've got no, I don't feel like embarrassed or shame around being with the same sex. I'd never experienced homophobia. Like I I need to meet your parents because your psychology is so healthy. <laughs> You're like, what is this? I'm okay with it. <laughs> Let's just go with that. So many people 
would be in therapy or shame or have so much doubt around what they're experiencing? One, yes, my mom's amazing. She's always been my number one fan and supporter. Let's get her on the podcast. (laughs) She's actually hilarious. But two, I've been to therapy since I was seven years old. Yeah. Like, that's very woke of you. Yeah. Well, my mum said after that my parents got divorced. Right. Mum didn't know how to handle the divorce itself as well as like two children and she's like, I don't want you to be damaged from this. Go get help. So she sent me to therapy. There is a lesson in that for everybody. Yeah. And look, you know, at the time I was like, why do I have to go? Like blah, blah, blah. But then as I got older I was like, I love to chat <laughs> and I'm paying someone to listen to me. This is awesome. And then, I'll, and then I get help out of it. Amazing. I get to be a better person. And like you said, you're still unpacking it and yeah. you're in your 30s now. So goes it's, to show. It, totally. And I actually went to a therapist. Like I've been to kinesiologist, healers, <clears throat> therapist, psychologist, neuropsychologist. Like I've done all of it in a and, – and then like, you know, Ayurvedic practices, like a holistic approach to healing and – What one was your favourite? Or did they all serve you in different ways? All serve me in different ways and especially – you know, everything happens for a reason when it's meant to happen. I feel like I saw my kinesiologist when I need it the most. Same. So that really hit hard when she got to the root of an issue that I thought I had dealt with from my therapy, but no, I hadn't. And the moment I, she basically was like my sister and I's relationship. And I thought I had dealt with that, but I hadn't. And then she, you know, did her little tapping thing. And two minutes later, she had told me that you and your sister are actually soulmates. And I was like, oh my God, if I change my perspective in that, and that's how I see our relationship. I actually completely like I. That's an amazing thing to have that connection with someone. Just the shift, the shift in perspective. Simple shift. Yeah, game changing. It was game. It literally was, and I feel like the way in which my sister and I's relationship changed entirely from that was like massive. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Wow. Love that. So back to pansexual. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I could talk for hours. Um, So yeah, I feel so. I so basically I met this girl, rolled with her, next minute I'm making out with her and her first response was, I like you but you're straight. And I was like, well, no, I'm open. And then that's when she leaned in and kissed me. And I was like, I'm just rolling with it. Turned into a four-year relationship. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. We broke up in between. You know, she went travelling and, I, you know, I went travelling for things like that. You were young. We were young. It was, But, but it, she was my first true love and my first, like, experience of a relationship as well and you know again it was a very toxic relationship but also taught me so much is this the recent breakup no 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 okay no this was my no that was the next relationship but then in between me and my first girlfriend's relationship we broke up for about um there was a period where we broke up for six months because she went traveling and in that six months, I got back together with my first, boy, like the first guy that I was No, with. you didn't. I did. Why? Well, I think we're just like, we we do have a connection and I really, really liked him. But I think I also loved him more as like just a best mate. But I didn't right. see that at the time. And it was like, I think it was like three, I started seeing him for three months again. And it was like one day in the shower, I was like, oh my God, I'm so not into this. Like this isn't serving me and this isn't the type of love that I felt in with the girl. You had a shower thought. You had a shower thought, yeah. Shower breakthrough. So I ended it with him. My first girlfriend came back from overseas and then we got back together. Who do you prefer being intimate with? Uh, Is it different? It is totally different. In what way? Women are not selfish. (laughs) Seriously. And even though men claim to be like, oh, I'm not selfish, I love to give, like I'm you don't know I've, what it what not selfish looks like. I've I've had many sexual experiences. Sorry, mom. 
<laughs> I think she knows this. Um, and there's not one guy that even though they want to try and they want to give, they just don't know how. And it's not to say it, you can teach a guy, you can, te- you know, teach anyone. It's not, and also I've been with women who have no idea what they're doing as well. Like it's not like a gender thing. But I think with women, they are, they're more emotional So to begin with. So having that like come to the bedroom as well is like it's a lot more nurturing and loving in a way. And it's not to say I want that all the time either. That's why I do still sleep with guys. Yes. <laughs> I get that. You are the best of both yeah, worlds. Yeah, and I'm having the best of both worlds and there's no nothing wrong with that. No, I like, love that for you. There's no, I don't need to be one side or the other. Yeah. Like you, who cares? Are women really complicated to date though? Yes. I have a theory. <laughs> women are complicated, yes, but as is every person. And like yeah. I think a lot more to this day and age, men are becoming more in touch with their mm-hmm. feelings and emotions which is an incredible thing because, you know, men's mental health is always now spoken about, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like the the shift of that idea is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to a degree, women, you know, we love to communicate. We love to chat. We love to tell you our emotions. That, But that's what I want and need in relationships. So for me, dating a woman, I love it. Yeah, I actually had like a run-in with my partner recently. Something happened and it really frustrated me and I was texting him about it and he kept coming at me with like the solutions and it was like a very basic thing and I was like, babe, I know what the solution is. I don't need you to tell me. I'm just wanting to talk to you about it. Yeah, He's like, I'm not understanding. Of course, if you're going to come to me with a problem, I'm going to come back to you with a solution. And I had to send him that YouTube video about the nail in the head. I haven't seen it. Oh my God. It's amazing. You need to watch it. I'll put in the show notes. But basically a woman is talking to her boyfriend. She's like, I just have the worst migraine. He's like, if you just get the nail out of your head, the migraine go away. And she's like, but it's not about the nail. And then it like the camera moves and there's this like big nail in the middle of her head. And I was like trying to explain to him, it's like, it's not about the nail, babe. Like don't fix the nail. Just hear me. Yeah. And that's, that's, it's like speaking men. Like, yeah. You got like, they don't understand women and women like, yeah, there men is are a from Mars, women yeah. from Venus and <laughs> the rest is history. Like we just want to be hurt. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But again, which is an odd thing. I get it. Like if you're coming from a logical perspective, sometimes it's not always so logical. <laughs> yeah. Which I've learned even with friendships. I learned that through friendships, like people don't want to be like, oh yeah, but you know, you shouldn't have got the job or, you know, you shouldn't have done that with him. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Just be heard. Just, just acknowledge. Heard. Just acknowledge. That's it. Yeah. That's like what I've learned through life as well. 100%. Okay, so when you discovered that you were into women, was it scary to tell your friends and family? I mean, it was always, I I didn't see, I never understood that it was different. I had a lot of friends that were with uh, the same sex or with gay and like all delving into that. I didn't see it as being different. I was very open on social media about it. I didn't at all like think oh I'm different because of or this is unusual whatever it was I was like fuck yeah like I love this for me but coming out not coming it wasn't even coming out I was like hey ma I spoke to my like I'd been seeing that girl for a while and you know she was, I was still living at my mum's house I was like 22 and or 23 and I um was like pulled mum aside one day and I was like mum um so I'm kind of seeing someone and she's like yeah I know and she said the name and I was like yeah Wait, how do you know? She's like, well, you always here with them and you keep locking your door. She's like, I'm not an idiot. And I was like, oh, okay, so you don't care. She goes, you can love whoever you love. Like, you know, at the time it was very much about she doesn't want me to have a stigma or a label attached to me. That's what she was worried about. She's like, just be sure this is something you want to do, you know, in the long run. But also, like, you're allowed to love whoever you love and as long as you're happy. And she's like, also, you've been dressing a lot more butch, I could tell. <laughs> 
Yeah. I love that. But then, like, even my nana said the same. You know, she'd been through the Holocaust. She doesn't believe in, like, caring about the petty shit as long yeah. as you're happy. She goes, I want the easy life for you and being with a man and, like, that is easier in society. She goes, but if that doesn't make you happy, I want you to be happy at the end of the day. I've always said that, you know, like if my children were into the same sex, the only hesitation I would have is that I want them to have an easy life where they feel accepted. Yeah. So it would ju- the only issue I have is the resistance that they might come across. Other than that, but you know I just what? want them to be happy. That makes it that makes them more of who they are. Yeah. You know, you don't play a victim. Make it your story. Make yeah. it more about like how did you overcome that? Yeah. Of course, in saying that when I did receive my first bit of like homophobia, it was really confronting and really? I didn't know how to, you know, How old were you? Uh, 25 or 26 or 25. Young. Was it a random or someone you knew? No, like it was actually, I, it's hard to say, but it was, it was, uh, it was a situation in an environment that shouldn't have been. And I could have like taken it, let's just say to HR. Oh my gosh. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. So it was really like, it was really confronting because at that point in my life, I still didn't know that it was different or weird. And therefore I was being told, look, you don't, you don't fit our brand. And I was like, sorry, what, why? And I didn't understand any of this. And then it was a whole saga with someone who didn't feel secure in themselves. And my confidence that Mm. I like exuded within that space, she was just bringing me down any way she could. And playing that homophobic card really like, I was then, I did take a step back in my life and was like, wait, is this like, you know, is this normal? But then I literally a week later, I turned it around and I was like, hang on, I'm going to overtly be the stance of I'm like proud of who I am. Like I, fuck yeah, I, I like love all sexes and genders, but like I love women. Like, what is wrong with that? If you got an issue with it, that's your issue. What I'm hearing is that, that that other person didn't fully accept themselves. Exactly. And that's what I saw it. But at the time I didn't see it, but then I took a step back. You know, I was crying and everything and feeling like, whoa, this is really confronting. But then I was like, hang on, sorry, lady, this is your shit. Yeah, it's not you, my shit. Not my shit. And now, thank you for that. I've made it my story and made it a, a, like a more of a effort to be prouder of who I am and making others feel comfortable with who they are and what uh-huh. they cho- who they choose to love. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. So what did your prior relationships teach you about love and yourself? <laughs> um it taught me what I deserve. <laughs> no, it definitely taught me about what I deserve. And I think that, but I'm grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Those to- toxic relationships that, or even being- It's a rite of passage. It is. And I think you've got to go through that experience and not, you know, kudos to you if you never go through it, but like I've learned more about myself in the relationships of how, what my non-negotiables are, what my boundaries are, what I want in a relationship. You know what? Like there are things that I'm just not going to, I don't like to compromise some things and that's okay. I shouldn't have to just because, you know, I'm being told I'm in a relationship. I'm not a big fan of compromise. Everyone, <laughs> no, I know that. <laughs> Is that why your fucking partner's playing golf? No, <laughs> no, no, but I, I think don't that's important. feel think, like yeah. you should have to compromise who you are and what you want to be with someone. When I have a best friend, it never feels like compromise. No, and and that's how it, it, you're right. That's how it should be. But I think the small things in relationships compromise are things like I want to go here, but I want to go there, or I want to eat this dish. Where can you meet in the middle? No, you're right. And that's like meeting. In the, compromise. I compromise with the golf because yeah. I, I freaking hate golf, and yeah. I'm like the fact that that's your number one like hobby. I'm like, mm. so yes. we we had to have a lot of conversations about and, golf. And I think that's like finding a middle ground totally. compromise, but compromise shouldn't be I'm giving up what I want. A hundred percent. That's the difference. And if you do, you're only going to lose yourself in the relationship. Couldn't agree more. Okay. 
Do you think you know what you're looking for in terms of a partner now? Yes, <laughs> definitely. So I'm manifest. I'm big into manifesting. Same. And every every kind of new moon that I'm called into to manifest, I like when I've like, let's just say it's like two, a month after a breakup, I'm like, hey, I'm ready for, you know, to ask what I want. Every single time I've manifested, it's obviously always been a different partner, but I've actually manifested them. Like to a T that my second girlfriend, I wrote, which I didn't realize, wrote, they make me feel like my 16-year-old self. And during that relationship six months later, I was like doing something with them and I was like, oh my God, you make me feel like my 16-year-old self. And I said that out loud and I was like, why do I, why does that sound familiar? I quickly looked at something I wrote six months ago and I was like, oh my God, my next relationship I wrote because a lot of that second relationship, I never felt like a priority, um, always felt second best and never was, she never really could commit to me. I, my next relationship, what I wanted, I was like, you know, not aware that a lot of things. So I wrote worships the floor that I walk on again, not what I want right now, but we were, we were in the car one day and she like turns to me and she's like, Oh my God, you know what I realized? She's like, I realized I worship you. I'm like, Oh my God, this is sickening. I'm like, no, no, no. We need to be in a balanced equal relationship. Like Mm -hmm. this is not like I feel suffocated now. Therefore change that out of my manifesting. (laughs) And now I know what I want. Like as of to this day, you know, it's probably going to change, but I know what I deserve. I know what I need. I know what I require. I know what my non-negotiables are. I know what my love languages are. What are your love languages? Number one, physical touch, then uh, acts of service, then quality time, then uh, what's it? there's five. So words of affirmation or words gifts? Of a- yeah, words of affirmation, then gifts. Interesting. So yeah. words are like near the bottom for you. That's my number one. Yeah. Because I always say, don't show someone who you are. Sorry, don't tell someone who you are. Show them. Yeah. No, and I agree with that. I've had a lot of a lot of love bombers in the past who yeah. like said everything that I wanted to hear, but like their actions didn't match it. Yeah. Yes. I just want both. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be told I look pretty. No, see, for me, that doesn't like. I want to be told that I'm valued and appreciated and supported. See, I want to be showed that. Yeah. I want to be showed like, you know. Long distance relationships would be great for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like one of the few people the who could handle that. Best to golf every day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is why I'm in yeah. this position. <laughs> okay, what has it been like navigating the dating scene in Sydney? Oh, very difficult. Okay, very difficult because people in Sydney. Uh, uh, this is a general statement. This is not everyone, um, but I find being being that I come from Melbourne, and this is no. I'm not trying to be who's right or wrong or co- comparison. But the people in Melbourne are really authentically themselves. Yeah, they're I like celebrated that. for their individualism, their uniqueness, and it's also not seen as like I am being celebrated for being different. It's just who they are, and life goes on. No one gives a shit. In Sydney, everyone, I there is a general census of insecurity, and that's just being brought up. You know that there is the surface levelled. Uh, you know, oh my God, she looks better than me, this and that. But that's not even the insecurity that I find. So I find people, again, attach onto other people for happiness and validation. Really? So dating that is, again, the same thing. Would you say that Melbourne and Sydney just have different values? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's, I think, again, it comes down to like what matters and that's a value. And I think in Sydney, people's priority or like, um, 
you know, what matters to them is is entirely different. It's a lot more superficial to a degree. But that's not saying in everyone. I'm not saying, like, I'm still here. No, I actually completely agree with what you're saying. And, like, again, I've found my like-minded people. And you got to find your tribe. You've got, exactly. And I feel like my vibe found my tribe. But, again, I take everything of my experience in Sydney as a grain of salt. I really don't take it, like, to heart or to... You know, if someone's projecting their insecurity or whatever it is, I know for what it is. Like, I see it and I don't let it get to me. So That's very lucky. I I think it's easier as somebody who hasn't grown up here as well. I was going to say that's why I've survived in Sydney, who's someone who hasn't grown up here. Yeah. Because you do have to have, one, a really strong um, sense of self, but then also take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like, find your tribe. It's so much easier once you do. I spent my 20s doing that. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, I, I have in Sydney, but then I feel like, I've got these new friends being that I moved out of in, like my into my new place. I've made these new friends already. And I'm yeah. like, I love that I've called that in or my, you know, they've come into my life when they're meant to, but I love that I get to still make friends. Yeah. Like, I love making new I friends. I love make. I know a lot of people who are like, I met my friends in kindergarten <gasps> and they're my friends, you know, whereas I'm like, I have my friends in kindergarten and I love them just as much as the first day I met them. But I also have these amazing new people that I keep attracting into my life and who see me and meet me as the person I am today. Yeah. Which yeah. is something you mentioned before. And I love that, that they know me as the 33-year-old I am, not the four-year-old. Yeah. And I think that's important. It is. Um, but again, every Everyone each their own. Yes. You know, you want to be with your childhood sweetheart and get married and have kids and kudos and I like celebrate that and love that for you. But for me, that's not like I need to constantly be evolving and growing. And for me to do that, I always say be the change. If you want to see change, be it. Yeah. So that's how I see that. I'm exactly like you and I feel like that is the challenge, finding somebody who you can ultimately grow with for the rest of your life. Yes. Yeah. I look forward to meeting them. Uh, <laughs> So, do you think it's easier to find love with the apps? <laughs> I can't say that I'm like being successful. So, for me, no. But also, it does build your confidence. So, I think that's a big part of if you do lack confidence in dating or self, then it can help. And then you will call in the right person. However, it's meant to be if it's through an app, if it's through a coffee shop, you know, your a setup. Yeah, setup, whatever it is. Like, my mum met the love of her life at. Uh, was she yeah she was 55 I think where she met the love of her life and how did they meet they got set up by friends okay your mum's coming on the podcast that's what I'm hearing she's fucking awesome Let me, like will she, she come on I mean she lives in Melbourne she can zoom in she can zoom in yeah she could yeah she's she's like anytime I have an issue anything whether it be relationships and she's the first person I call with everything now we've grown a lot closer together but anything with work she's the first person for any advice that I need and she'll always say to me Lucy go and meditate on it and then think about it. I'm like, she's so wise. She's wise, but then you'll see, like you'll you'll meet her and you think that she doesn't even, she's a very vague, fast-paced person. So sometimes you think, oh, that person's not tapped in or spiritual or whatever, self-aware, but she is. Like, So she like encompasses all of it. Yeah. She's a good She's a good role model. She, <laughs> <laughs> she is. Okay. Are men or women more interested in settling down based on your experience of dating both? Depends what age we're talking. Mm, yeah. Depends what age. In terms of settling down, do you want to settle down with a man or a woman? Whoever the universe is meant to put me with. Whoever I fall in love with. I'm not opposed. If I meet the love of my life and it's a male, amazing. I've met the love of my life. I don't care what gender. Did I? When I started dating women, did I think that it was always going to be a woman from that? Yes, because I felt more of a connection emotionally and physically to women. 
So I couldn't physically see myself with a male. But I think as I get older, and especially you're like 32, you're like, oh, I'll take what I can get. No, 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 you're in your prime. No, I won't take what I will not settle ever. But it was whoever I'm meant to be with, whoever I'm meant to find, I'll be happy. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Like you're like, oh, I'm over 30, slim pickings. The dating pool is getting smaller and smaller. So you're like, who even is available to date? But I love that you say that you will never settle. What would settling even look like to you? I guess that compromise word is like giving up yourself to be with someone else or like because of the idea that you think you're meant to be. Yeah. Like a lot of the community that I grew up in, um, being the Jewish community, the protocols and the steps were you get married, you have babies, da 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 And like being that. And, and usually are, get married to someone you've known your whole life. Exactly. And within the community and, and I – you know, I actually agree with that because not agree. It's not like I live by that, but I, I respect that decision. I think community is a great thing. I I love being a part of the Jewish community. I think it holds a lot of weight to that and that, you know, the values, the love, the family, the food, the this, the, that, all of that I love. But for me, that idea of I need to find a partner, da, 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 whatever, I broke away from that stereotype and that stigma because I won't settle and what that looks like is just like – Giving up yourself, mm-hmm. like not feeling like like a lot of my friends will say to me like, oh, I love your life. Like I love, I love watching your life. Like, I'm like, live it. Live yours. You know, you shouldn't be watching mine and then being jealous of my life of what I choose to do. And there are elements of, you know, vice versa. Yeah, that's totally. when I check in myself. I go, hang on, I don't have a house. So I haven't bought a house yet. But that's okay. I'm doing other things in my life. But that whole conversation is like. But it's also not a rat race. Like you can buy no. a house at 70. Do you know what I mean? Also, You've got like, time. Why do I want a mortgage? I don't know. Yeah, and like who's buying the house? You yeah. or the bank? Exactly. <laughs> Let's be exactly. clear on that. <laughs> exactly. In this day and age, poor millennials and Gen Z, like it's yeah. very hard. Absolutely. But yeah, settling for me is basically compromising, giving up a part of myself because of the stigma of society. Mm-hmm. Like thinking that, oh, well, I'm not going to find better, which my mom's always- In, in- time. For that predetermined timeline, you know, like before the age of 30, settling, getting married and having kids. Yes. And not even now, like if I was to be with like my recent ex, I was a bit confused, but I was like, oh my God, I said to my mom on the phone, I said, mom, what happens if I don't find anyone better? And she goes, if you, if you think that you're settling for what you have. And then, and and I was like, oh, you're right. She's like, go with your, and she said, go meditate on it and you'll come with an answer. That's right. How did, so how did she meet her partner? She was set up. Oh, my mum. Yeah. Yeah. So she was set up and basically they're the, like still, they've been together now nearly 10 years. They live together, built a house. Like he's my stepdad, love him to bits. They couldn't be a cuter couple. Like at age 65, they're like, I'll be in the, like the other room and I hear them giggling and they're like tickling each other. I'm like. You give me hope. Yeah, that that hope. is literally like goals. Yeah. Hope for everybody. Really. And they're so sweet. And like just like the loves of like life and experience that they want. Especially as you're older, you know what? Like my mum mm. will not take any shit from no one. So like things that piss her off, she's not going to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm older. Like, oh, I should just settle because I'm not going to find anyone. And she's like, no, this isn't right for me. And Time is precious. Time is precious. Yeah. And like she should get what she deserves. A hundred. Everyone should. Yeah. Hundred percent. Okay, would you consider an open relationship? No. Why? Hundred percent not. Um, I met my second girlfriend because they were on a, in an open relationship. Um, my first girlfriend wanted to be in one. I didn't understand really what it meant, so I said yes. She went off and went and was with other people, and I was like, "Wait, what?" I was like, 
<laughs> what does this mean? We, like, we should have agreed on the definition. Yeah, I should have like blo- like probably Googled it. But I don't feel like, and look, in the gay community, open relationships are very common for certain reasons or whatever. But I feel like for me, why I would never be in an open relationship. And I, I always say I, I need to be in a monogamous experimental relationship. I love that and I subscribe to like the word (laughs) experimental so much in my 20s. Like I need to be able to express myself. Yes, exactly. And for me, even I want to be that forever with my partner. I don't want to be confined to one thing and it's not to say you're not good enough. I want to experience with you. You're good enough to experience my what I enjoy with each other. But being in an open relationship never works out. I've never experienced one open relationship that's actually – succeeded and so people might say yeah but that would like they did it for seven years and I'm like yeah but they broke up still didn't they they both fell out of love with each other and fell in love with other people that they were sleeping with which is how I met my second girlfriend and that's like yeah I feel like if you're I feel like it's more of a coward approach because you're so content and comfortable with what you have that you can't you're not brave enough to end it and and go find something that you know yeah like and end of the day everyone gets hurt yeah. Everyone gets hurt. Yeah. So that's a no for me. Yeah. I've always said I'm not secure enough to be in, in an open relationship. Like it would just eat me alive. That There's that too. That's not even the part I'm talking about it. I think it's more from you, you really have to come as a balanced equal relationship if you're going to be in an open relationship, like two equal parts. Like one can't want it more than the other. Yes. One can't feel lesser in the relationship than the other. And it but that's has, rare. Yeah, exactly. So it's never going to work. Yeah. <laughs> like it, look, it, and it can for it to an extent, but still like so many open relationships I've all seen break up and end up with someone that they've were sleeping with whilst they're in an open relationship because they could. My worst nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how will you know when you've met the one? I think I don't even know how to answer that because I haven't met the one. So I don't know. I don't know that feeling yet, but I think when you, from what I hear, I think it's when, you know, I think for me when I feel like I'm going to meet the one, when I'm truly comfortable in myself with them and I think there's no, I feel like when they, it's that reciprocated on their behalf as well. And no one's trying to change anyone as well. Yes, that's you know? so important. I see a lot of relationships where lots of partners are trying to change their other partner because that's what they want. Because they fell in love with the idea. Exactly. And and exactly. And for me, I always give the advice to those friends who are trying to be changed, like get out. Yeah. <laughs> like run. Run. Yeah. Like, you you should be loved for who you are. 100%. Not not someone who they think they want you you are. You should always encourage your partner to be the best version of themselves, yes. yeah. but not to change who they are fundamentally. No. No. And we're not we have no right to tell anyone how to be no. or change what they can do. I always try to be a role model to whether it's my my partners at the time or friends and that, you know, some people say, oh, I can't believe you're still talking to her or whatever, like an ex or whatever. And I'm like, well, do you know what? That's how I'd want to be treated. So I can only do what how I want to be treated. So I'm in no position to tell someone else how to be because I don't want someone else telling me how to be. No, yeah. definitely not. Okay. Are marriage and kids important to you? It's not important. Do I want it? Yes. It's not like a... a a defining I've made at moment, but do I want it? Yes. So if I want it and I see it for myself, I feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. But it, it is that manifesting thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I do want, I do definitely want kids. Um, my sister just had, I've got a niece and a nephew now 
And I think when she had like I've experienced to a close degree of like little kid life, I'm now like, oh, my God, I want that. And I am getting clucky, but it'll happen when it happens. Would you consider adoption if you don't meet your person in time? Um, Yes, but I'm also freezing my eggs currently. Are you? Yes. How's that going? I've still got like I've got my appointment and I'm now like just got to get my ultrasound, my blood test, all of that. And then I have my first consultation and then I go from there. I heard that the government has actually reduced the price. So it used to be $10,000 and now it's 2000 I think you – I'm still like unsure on what that – I think it's like – I don't think it's actually ten grand. Everyone's just put this number out <laughs> because it does cost to basically store your eggs every year. It's like a having storage space. It, that That's where I think the money like kind of accumulates. It is a big lump like sum to begin with. I think it's like four or five grand. But I think the government has now done um, – like a payback of two grand if you fit again into a certain category, blah, blah, blah. So right. I, I don't so know. So it's what, not 100%. No, yeah, yeah. And I don't know much about it to give any advice or okay. knowledge on it. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't get it's – it's a very it's a very unspoken topic. Yes, I and, know. Yeah. I know. And, like, this is the other, the other stigma with it is that, oh, you're gay, you, like, you know, are you going to adopt or freeze your eggs or whatever – but, like, there are a lot of hetero couples mm. that, one, can't conceive naturally. Aren't ready. Do- like myself, I told my partner I won't be ready until exactly. I'm 38. Exactly. And that's fine. We're getting a dog. We're not having a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll be um, preoccupied with that for a while. Yeah. 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 I mean, because there are other things going on in my life similar to you that are a priority right now. And I know that when you bring a child into this world, they have to be your number one priority, even more so than your relationship with your partner for at least the first few years. And we're a new couple and only met him at 32. So there are realities at play here. Totally. Totally. And you know what, if, if it happens naturally, which, you know, if it does, it will happen when it's meant to happen. No one's ever ready. It's never a good time. It's never a good, great quote. When's the best time to plant a tree? Wait, let me think. <laughs> 20 years ago. Yes, I know when's that the, quote. Yeah. When's the second best time to plant a tree? Now. Is now. There is no time like the present. Like you just ne- you're never going to be ready for anything unless you do it. Yeah, that's 100%. it. 100%. And I said to my dad about the dog, <laughs> you know, there's never a good time. He goes, but there's never a bad time. Exactly. There really isn't. Yeah. When it feels right, it feels right. It feels right. And and something that I'm really picking up from my conversation with you, when it is right, it lines up. Yes. And you got to take note. Yeah, yeah. You and you start to see everything shift in your world. Yes, that is aligned. Yes, and if you are tapped in and can be aware of those things, you see it and the you synergies. see it, the synergies, and then you feel like um, you're exactly where you're meant to be, and everything's exactly. happening at the exact right time. That's why you got to meditate and check in. Your <laughs> mum's onto something. <laughs> so you mentioned you're 32. Yes. Do you feel pressure to settle down and start a family? Um, I do when I go back home to my family. Um, but no, no, no. You're also part of a community, like you said, where people do uh, tend to couple up and start families younger. Exactly. Um, I don't feel pressure because everyone, all of my friends and my family around me know who we are, who I am and, like, I basically will do what I want when I want. But I think there's pressure of, not pressure of myself, but I'm ready for it. So, like, and this is only, like, a new thing that I'm ready so you're ready, but you're not looking. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Well, my- you should put that as your like dating profile caption, ready, but not looking. <laughs> I actually love that. Yeah. I am going to put that there. Yeah. Let's see if it changes. Uh, you know what? It's so true. And when I signed up to the co-working space where I met my now partner at, I was ready, but I was not looking. Yeah. And that was the first time because before that I was 
looking, but I was not ready. I had not done the work on myself to be ready. I still had an avoidant attachment style. You know, I still was like, I wasn't fully available because I didn't love parts of myself yet. And that's, and then, and that universe will like, you'll be received with that. Yeah. It mirrors everything. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like also in saying, am I ready now? My heart is ready. But physically, because my career is changing and taking off and like... But there's like, never a good time, Lucy. There is never a good time. And do you know what? The right person, if it's the right person, that should that stuff shouldn't matter. And that's what my mum always said to me. And she also said this. Great. She's a great one, woman. Um, she said, there's a lid to every pot and you'll find your lid. And that's why I think I'm so reassured that I will find someone that I'm not worried you're going to find your <laughs> lid. I love that. There's a lid to every pot. Yeah, she actually used to say that to me when I was younger all the time. Like even, even when I went through a breakup and I'd call it crying, she says, don't worry, Lucy, there's a lid to every pot. It's so like, wise. But also just in reference to your career, um, I was single for nine years, came up with the concept for Single at 30. The week I launched the podcast, I started dating my now partner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then did the whole rebrand as a dating relationship coach from a mindset coach. Like my career just like turned a corner the second I started dating my partner. And it's like there's, you know, you just you can't plan for these things. No. You've got to live your life. Exactly. Exactly. And that's probably why they came into your life. Is it because... You were like, yep, I know who I am. I know what I want. And I was accepting it. I mean, who publicizes that they're single at 30? (laughs) Like, It's like, you know, people usually try to hide that. And I was like, hello, world, I am single and I'm 30. And they're like, ha-ha, joke's on you, not anymore. (laughs) Well, you know the worst is when people people validate you by if you're dating someone. That's the worst. And that's when I'm like, I'll direct the conversation somewhere else. Like a friend once asked me, so, like, are you seeing anyone at the moment? I'm like, yeah, myself and my career. And they're like, oh, my God, I love that. Like they weren't into that. They've never heard that. And I was like, why is it that that's our conversation? Like am I se- – like I'll tell you if I'm seeing someone. You'll hear it. You're one of my good friends. Like you'll probably know, meet yeah. them. But like it wasn't – and I know sometimes it's just making conversation, but that's also like that doesn't validate me in any way. I would always say I'm in a very committed relationship with myself. Yeah. But this reminds me of a time I was on a work break over lunch in the city and a girl I went to school with – walked past me and she was like hi Nikki how are you dating anybody and I was like <laughs> no and she's like married and I'm like not nah. she's like kids and I'm like not nah. and she's like okay bye oh <laughs> I was just like is that all that I amount to like that's all that they amount to that's yeah. what I've seen it as is the mirror that's yeah. what they see their level of success their validation in the world is that if they're in a relationship if they've got kids they've made it you know yeah. that's not that's them yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they'll get divorced by like 35. And that <laughs> is what I'm seeing. A lot of my friends who were married in their 20s are now getting separated. Yeah. And it's the saddest thing. And they're also the people who did all of the loving posts about their partner. And I would like log on and, you know, that curse of comparison be like, isn't that cute? And yep. it's like, that's wow. why I never compare myself. Yes. Also, what people show on social media about their relationships, trust me, it is <laughs> it's n- bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like it is, yeah, it's what you want to be seen. And I know only with one of my exes that I was very uh, like much on the socials with her and or with them. And I, the relationship was not what it seemed to be. Yeah. And it was like us trying to show the world or show us. Yeah. That we are that way. Yeah. And we were not that way at all. Yeah. The ones that I've kept private or like not shown much, I'm like, yeah, there was real love there. Yeah, totally. I feel like the people who are like the couples who are most quiet on social media are the most secure. Yeah. And, but don't, in saying that, like share your love. Like, yeah. Love yeah. It. You do you. <laughs> you do you, boo. <laughs> um, 
Do you think women can have it all? Yes, 100%. If you want it, why not? Like I'm so such an advocate for not playing a part in the stereotype of male and women. Like I've seen, and I've really got to come back to my mum for this and like, and not to say there are elements of her life that she wished she were different, but she was a very hardworking single mum that gave us a very great upbringing in a, in a private school, you know, all of that. But she also like now, like I said, found love at 55 or 50, wherever she was when she met her. I wonder if she ever doubted if that was going to happen for her. Oh, she did. She did, but she didn't give up. Yeah. She was like growing up, she always like when, sorry, mom, she always came back with a new guy, but like, if they're not like she was in the relationship, it wasn't like a new guy every week, but it was like, I was used to that. And I was comfortable with a different person being in our home. I wasn't like, oh, my God, she's my mum, gross. Like, I was like, you're a human too. But I feel like she, you know, she had the career to, you know, whether she's still changing her careers now at the age of 60. Really? Which is amazing. Yeah. Like, she left the family business. It was the whole thing. Like, she just shows me that. And that you can any- reinvent yourself at any age and anything's exactly. possible. I love her. She's exactly. goals. Seriously, like, I speak to her, like, every day and she'll tell me, like, I'm so proud of you, Lucy. And even that support from being like someone who I admire and look See, up to. See, you like words of affirmation. <laughs> it's not your second last love language. No, but I don't need it. Yeah. I don't need it to be validated or feel love. I do appreciate it, but it's really at the bottom. Yeah. Like I think my validation of love does come through physical touch, which yeah. is probably something I need to work on. Let's, that's another whole podcast. <laughs> but that's something I, yeah, probably should check into that. <laughs> Like, like calling your kinesiologist <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> what are you next spring? But yes, I think women can have it all. I think um, if you want it so badly, do it. Um, yeah. There's no like, oh, I'm a mother. I can't have a career. Or And I know when I say that, I'm not a mother. So I can't relate in that it is time consuming. I've watched my sister have to give up a lot whilst she has these, you know, young children. And I've said to her recently, like, why don't you get a job again? Like, if you want it so badly, she's like, Lucy, where do I find the time? Like, I'm like, you're right. I don't know that yet. I can't comment. But, you know, when the time is ready, you can go back to what you want to be doing as what makes you happy and what fulfills your career cup. My dad was always very clear with me. You can have anything you want in life, but not at the same time. Why not? Well, you just got to get good at micromanaging, yeah. like time management, <laughs> all the things. But, but like, he's always, he's like, I love you, but just be really sure you want kids. He's like, because when you have kids for at least the first six years of their life, your life is on hold because they're your number one priority. And he's like, and you are very career oriented. You know, that's your number one love, you know? And he's like, but when you have a child, particularly as a mom, they've got to come first. So it's like, yeah, you can have the great career and the husband or whatever you want, the travel, but like you probably can't be partying in Ibiza (laughs) when you've got a newborn and a demanding career, you know? That's actually true. And I think also it comes down to the things of, can you have it all? What is it that you want to even yeah. to begin with? You know, like like the love languages. I think we have yeah. to prioritize what having it all looks like. Exactly, exactly. Like for me right now, it's living on my own, changing careers and being successful in that new career, and like making something of myself and being proud of myself. That's having it all. Doesn't partner didn't come into that, but am I ready for a partner? Yes, but it doesn't mean I can like, open but not looking. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that. Although if I wrote that on my hinge, people would be like, but you're on here. What are you doing? Because you're open. Yeah, But you're you're not actively searching. Yeah, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, I think I might trademark that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is one piece of advice you wish you knew earlier? So I actually wrote this down. Can I get my phone? Yeah. Because there are so many. Um, (laughs) Being, I think also coming into your 30s, 
you see the world entirely differently. I said when I turned 30 that this whole wave of uh, confidence came over me and that I stopped giving a fuck what other people thought about me. Then I turned 31 and I was like, actually, I do give a fuck about the people I care about. Oh, absolutely. So that whole mentality changed again. And then I turned 32 and I'm like, you know what? You get what you're given and I'm only going to want to be the best version of myself. But things that I had wish I had known sooner, which now I'm doing in my life, I'm like, oh. I was so not that in my late tw- like early 20s, late 20s. But then even now, I'm like, ugh, I only learned this yesterday. <laughs> my 20-year-old self literally scares me. <laughs> <laughs> really? I was so, like, just the mindset that I was in is so different to the person yes. I am today. But aren't you grateful for that? Like, you wouldn't be in this mindset if it wasn't for being in that mindset. Not yeah. everyone had to experience that mindset. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's part of my journey, of course. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, like, it's like, wow, you were really there. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, interesting and funny to watch being like, oh, my God, that was me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was just a reckless, like, having fun. Yeah, I see that girl. for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was just open to everything. But yeah. I think it's more, like, less dating advice Um yeah, life advice. Life yeah, advice, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll read what I wrote because it's quite a list. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just re- I'm just going to throw it out there. The best things in life are on the other side of fear. Mm. Do it Do it scared, do it unprepared, and you just got to do it. That is a whole meditation practice within itself. Yeah. That's a lifelong commitment journey. Like, well, fear is actually good. And if you embrace it and lean into it and just fucking go for it, like something greater is always going to happen on the other side. 100%. Like you can't be – if you're scared, that's a good thing. If you're nervous, that's a good thing. It means Channel you're growing. That. Yeah. And, and being out of your comfort zone is really important for me especially. Like I like to put myself out of my comfort zones to challenge myself and see how well I overcome that situation. Adapt. And, because yeah. I do – like I have – I do doubt myself a lot. But just with things like, oh, my God, can I make it in the food industry? And it's like, you know what? If you don't fake it till you make it, you'll never know. Yeah. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? Yeah, I do. I don't struggle. Do I feel it? Yes. But I don't think I struggle because I don't think I allow myself to mm. struggle in that I like. You I, don't identify with it. Like I do feel it and I identify sometimes with it, but I just roll with it and kind of fake it till you make it mentality and then eventually you start believing it because the more, you know. Because then you get the experience and then exactly. it becomes true. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's, that's why what, you're like, I'm not an expert, I'm learning. <laughs> exactly. And like, yeah, and I don't feel like, you know, I'm one to give advice on things. You're not preaching. I'm not preaching, but I can give my life experiences as far as I come. Yeah. And then I don't know, I'm not claiming to know everything. Yeah. So that, anyway, fear is great. Do it. I love, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> definitely reason. Lucy, what is next for you and where can we find you? Um, big things are next for me. Um I'm definitely wanting and excited to expand the food food side of myself. We need to work on the elevator. <laughs> yeah, we never did the title. Um, the better the better half of me. Um, I like to call it the tastier side of me. Mm, love that. But yeah, I'm looking to expand and just really delve into that part of me and that side and see where it takes me. I'm really really excited. And you can find me at food underscore by Lucy. Love that. Lucy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I can't wait to have you and your mum back. (laughs) (laughs) She'll love it. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for tuning in to this guest app with the formidable Lucy Rosenberg. Please don't forget to show some love for Love Uncensored by subscribing and leaving a review or joining the private Facebook group Love Uncensored, The Modern Guide to Dating and Relationships. As a thank you, I'll give a shout out to all reviewers at the start of each episode and send a special thank you your way. I'll see you next week in another solo app.